Lecture topic: The rewards for restraining desires. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadhi al-ladin as-tafa. Amma baghu fa'udu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَى النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ تَبَعًا لِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Most respected of the Mahi Kiram, brothers and elders. Sallallahu Allah's grace, His mercy, His fadl and karam, His ihsan. Allah has brought us into this very, very Mubarak period of time. And eight days of this very great period of time we have already experienced and witnessed and been part of. Allah accept whatever amal we've done. The greatness of these days are such that some scholars are of the view that this is the greatest time in the year. So we still have one day in between, one night in between, each night's ibadat is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. So this is such an auspicious time that that greatness of Laylatul Qadr which we have to search for and we do search for inshallah in the month of Ramadan, in the last 10 nights, here every night, that's the reward. So we still have this one night, whatever Allah gives us tawfiq, something we try to engage ourselves to some extent in some ibadat. After we finish off from here, in the early part of the, late part of the night, at the time of Sahri, Tahajjud, and the fast of the 9th of Zulhijjah, a very, very significant day, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says it compensates for the minor sins of the past and forthcoming year. So such a great and Mubarak day. And the day of Arafah is related that it is equivalent to the virtue of 10,000 days. In other words, one is those who are in Arafah, they have passed the Arafah today. But our virtue will come as per our calendar. So this is a time to try and engage ourselves as much as we can and turn to Allah Ta'ala connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala, this is the essence of it all. These special occasions come, these great days and nights come. The essence of it is not just some ibadat for that moment and then we're done. That ibadat is there, the virtue, etc. is to be attained. We try our best to try and get as much as we can. But the essence of it all is that that essence of ibadat comes alive. Now a person, mashallah, engages himself in more ibadat in the sense of now he will, inshallah, make some motil out of the Qur'an Sharif, some nawafil, some tasbihat, zikr, dua, all this is ibadat, alhamdulillah. But the essence of this ibadat, so ibadat itself, is to completely humble oneself to the commands of Allah wa ta'ala, and submit oneself to Allah ta'ala. This is the essence of ibadat. Aqsa ghayatit tazallul. That's how ibadat is 
define aksa ghayat it tazallul the peak of humbling oneself and nobody else is deserving of that humbling of anyone but allah tabaraka wa taala so now that is not only confined to some physical movements but the spirit has to come into those physical movements of salah of fasting of hajj and whether a person is in any particular given moment engaged in any formal ibadat or not but his life becomes ibadat his entire heart submits to allah tbaraka wa taala and he becomes completely subservient to the commands of allah taala not departmentalizing and selectively taking things but the entire deen anything that relates to him he is concerned about what is the command of my rabb and now what do i do how do i fulfill this so that subservience and this mubarak time and the days that are now in front of us qurbani is teaching us exactly this this complete submission complete subservience this is the spirit that ibrahim ali salatu wasalam displayed and this is the spirit that we are being taught when performing that qurbani in emulation of his amal that he was asked to slaughter his son he didn't hesitate to go ahead and fulfill allah taala's command so now that's the spirit total submission allah taala could have asked for anything for him to do but for us to take the lesson allah taala put him through a test which is beyond any other test to slaughter one's own son very beloved son very close bond and attachment the child that was now blessed blessed with the child when the father is beyond 80 years of age where there was now no hope that there would be a child and in that old age allah taala blessed with the child so now what aspirations that child came with and what hopes they might have been in the child and what kind of bond and attachment and now comes the command of allah taala but slaughter him and no question asked no ifs and buts no why the only issue is total submission to allah taala this is an elderly father and then that young child equally submitting himself to allah tbaraka wa taala ya abati fa'al ma tu'mar satajiduni insha allah min as-sabirin so now this is that spirit of submission that is now being taught to us this is the essence of ibadat that no matter where a person is what he is busy doing whether he is in the masjid performing salah whether he is in his business whether he is out on the street whether he is in any family function wherever he might be whether it's a nikah or a funeral but he is totally in submission to allah taala so this is the spirit of ibadat and this is the spirit that we are being taught in these mubarak days nevertheless to discuss briefly the ayat of the quran sharif that was recited at the beginning in this ayat allah taala says wa amman khafa maqam rabbih wa nahan nafsa anil hawa fa innal jannata hiyal ma'wa this ayat also the crux of it is the same spirit that we are being taught in these mubarak days and through the amal of qurbani and the hajj etc the same spirit this ayat is preceded by the negative side of things wa ammaman taha wa athara al hayat ad dunya fa inna al jahim hiya al ma'wa so first the side that we should never 
go close to, so Allah Ta'ala is warning us about that upfront. The one who exceeds the bounds, exceeds the limits. He wants to be free of any limits. I don't have to answer to anybody for anything. And I shouldn't be bound by anything. I am a free person. I should do as I please. So, Now because he wants to do as he pleases. So now what was the outcome? How he conducted his life? Asaral hayata dunya. So now he gave preference to the worldly life. Meaning he forgot akhirat. Forgot akhirat and gave preference to the worldly life. So now one is, there are many many things in dunya, Allah Ta'ala has made completely permissible, many enjoyable things which Allah Ta'ala has made mubah and permissible for his servants. And actually Allah Ta'ala has forbidden that anybody treats it in, an, in a way that they declare it impermissible. قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الرِّزْقِ Who is making this impermissible? What Allah Ta'ala has brought out for His servants, for them to enjoy. So the halal ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has made permissible for a person to enjoy, Allah has made it permissible. And if a person uses that moment also to engross himself in shukr and get closer to Allah Ta'ala, that too will take him closer. But, Allah's place limits. That there are certain boundaries that should not be crossed. So now the person who feels, oh, I'm free, I should do as I please. So, Asar al-Hayat al-Dunya. He gave preference to the life of dunya over akhirat. That I should enjoy now. So if I am uh, wanting to eat something, why should I be too concerned about what it is? Halal, haram, or how it was acquired, in which way it was acquired, halal, haram, why should I bother? It's my life, I will do as I please. So now this is giving preference to the life of dunya over akhirat. Person now wants to go somewhere, why should I bother? What kind of environment is there? What kind of haram is taking place there? How this will affect my iman? What kind of impact this will have on my heart? The sins that are in the environment have an impact on the heart. The sins that are committed, that obviously has the greatest impact, and a person is doing nothing but in an environment of sin. He cannot escape the effects of that environment. The effect of sin, it deadens the heart. Sins deaden the heart. If a person is not committing any sin and he's sitting in an environment of sin, he still feels that heart being impacted and he leaves there some one hour later, two hours later, there will be a great difference in his heart. It would have either died or going towards that direction. In terms of spiritual life, the spiritual life of the heart will be impacted on. So now, Allah is saying, So now he gave preference to the worldly life. So he's doing as he pleases, going where he wants to, not concerned about what kind of environment is here, how will this impact on me. Talking as he pleases, doesn't matter whether this is permissible, whether this is something impermissible, Allah has forbidden it. This is something Nabi Sallallahu has forbidden, say Babul Muslimi Fusuk, that to swear at a Muslim, this is a sin. This is now part of industrial language, they call it. So now business doesn't work without this. So now that made it permissible for me. All these 
deceptions of nafs and shaitan. So now as we please, we do. But then, how long life is going to carry on? Is life indefinite? It's going to continue forever? Have we not carried people younger than us to their cover? So life is very, very short. And Allah knows best when our time comes. But a person who lives his life in this manner, unconcerned, not taking any care to stay within those limits, so Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى Then his abode is the fire of Jahannam. Allah forbid if in that free life he even abandoned his iman, that that's an abode perpetually. There is no salvation and there's no jannat for a person who leaves this dunya without iman. So if he left in that condition, that in his so-called free life, do as I please and think what I please, believe as I please, and he lost his iman on the way, and everything is gone forever. And if he went with iman, then alhamdulillah, that's the greatest ni'mat that he took along. But he lived a carefree life in a sense of still indulging in haram, in sins. And he could still end up finding al-jahima hi al-ma'wa. The cleansing process will still happen in Jahannam for him if his forgiveness didn't come before that. So this is the first part that Allah Ta'ala is cautioning us, warning us, look, don't live this life of tughiyan, man taha, this heedlessness and crossing the limits and not being concerned about Allah Ta'ala's boundaries. That is a very dangerous path. And that path, this is its destination. But then Allah Ta'ala says, man khafa maqama rabbi, but the one who fears standing in front of his Rabb, Maqama Rabbi, meaning standing on the day of Qiyamah and giving an account of his deeds. What I did, where I went, what I looked at, what I spoke, what I touched, what I deliberately engaged my mind and heart in and made some firm resolutions. I'm going to do this and that, things which Allah has forbidden. One is the passing thought, one is just some waswasa of shaitan, person is not accountable for that. But the azam and the determination that I am going to get this and that and do this and that, things which Allah has forbidden, he will be taken to task for that as well. All this now, the person who is concerned that I have to stand on the day of Qiyamah and give an account of all this. So what became the effect of this, so now he's pondering over it, meditating over it, he's remembering it, he's conscious about it, so that has an impact on his heart. Not just something that in passing we heard it once, or we read about it once, and that was done. But it becomes a consciousness in the heart. That I have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. Everything I will have to account for. مَا يَلْفِذُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ Not a word is spoken except it was recorded. That too has to be accounted for the day of Qiyamah. Every word. So now, suddenly the book of deeds are opened in front of a person and, mashallah, somebody is seeing in his book of deeds, Zul Hijjah came, the first ten days, a special zikr of that time. Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. And the special zikr of the day of Arafah, which is our day tomorrow. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. Yadihil khair wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Excessively recited. 
MashaAllah, somebody will find that in his book of deeds. And like that many other good things he spoke and did and advised and recited. Allah forbid somebody opens his book of deeds that even 9th of Zulhijjah came. But there's all obscenities here, there's vulgarities here, there's ghibat in this place, there's some lies, what not. All those words were spoken and just forgotten. This is now history now. No, no, that history is going to become reality. Unless a person has made sincere tawbah and Allah has forgiven him, he is going to otherwise account for every word spoken. So now the person who is concerned, my words, my deeds, everything is going to be accountable on the day of Qiyamah. So now this has an impact on him. This has an effect on his heart. Now an effect, then it has some something that becomes apparent as a result of the effect on the heart. The person's heart becomes affected by some very sad news and you see the tears rolling down. That's what's in the heart really. That's the impact of the heart. Person sees somebody suddenly very very worried. Something has hit his heart which has made him, plunged him into some very severe concern. So now you see it on his face also. He was smiling just now and suddenly what happened? He just read something on his phone, some message and the whole demeanor changed, the whole uh, his look on his face changed. Something happened to his heart. That's reflecting on his face. So now that effect came in the heart in terms of standing in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and accounting for one's deeds. If that effect really came in the heart, then it will do something. What it will do? What it will do is, it will make him And he restrained himself from the desires. Desires that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Meaning giving expression to those desires. Allah Ta'ala has forbidden that. So now he restrains himself from fulfilling such desires. So now, this is an ongoing mujahada. It's a battle within himself. And it can sometimes become the biggest battle. Because sins, sometimes sins happen as a result of ignorance. To correct that is a very, very easy thing. If a person is committing some wrong due to ignorance, for example, a person is ignorant about the laws of inheritance in terms of Sharia, so he's making some demands. But now that demands are wrong, it's not in accordance to what Sharia requires. The distribution of the estate is something that Deen has already spelt out how it will be done. It's not left to anybody's discretion. He's got a discretion in one third of the estate after the debts and funeral expenses etc. are all sorted out. That is the discretionary portion. And that too, that discretion cannot be applied for heirs. That discretion is only for non-heirs. So now all this is stipulated in the Quran Sharif in the Ahadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but he's ignorant he doesn't know it so now he's making some demands against this so now somebody sat down and explained to him by this is not how it's done this is Allah Ta'ala's law this is not anybody else's issue Allah Ta'ala's command is that this is how it's done and this is how it's distributed so now if he has some spirit of Iman Inshallah he'll accept it if it's explained to him he'll accept it and then sometimes that same sin happens but not out of ignorance. But it happens out of desire of the nafs. 
that the person is already aware that this is not permissible for me, this is not correct, I am not entitled to this. The law of the Sharia is that it should be, this is somebody else's entitlement. But now somebody made a will that is incorrect. So now I got something to now make a issue about and I can now just make a story. But the will after all says this. So now that will is haram, it's not worth the paper is written on in the court of Allah Ta'ala. That kind of will will take the person who made such a will towards problems in Akhirat and those who then carry out such a will will also be likewise in problems. But now he knows all that. But now desire has taken over. But now in this manner I will get such a big chunk of this. How can I get it? So now the desire of wealth. The desire of wealth, one is natural, that which Allah Ta'ala has made part of insan's nature. But Allah Ta'ala placed boundaries on it. Zuggina linnas, hubbu shahawati minan nisa wal banin il akhiril ayah. Now he crossed that boundary. Whatever is coming, let it come, how it comes. So now, that is a very difficult one. That ignorance one, that if a person has a spirit of Iman, very easy to explain to him. And inshallah, once he realizes that what I was doing was wrong, he'll accept it. But despite knowledge, despite knowing what's right, and still the person is making that demand, that is out of the desires. And this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّي وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى Because these desires give rise to all this. And this is the mujahada of life. Person has brought this under control, this nafs under control. Then inshallah his path is open. And Allah Ta'ala has placed such great virtues on so many things which are purely the restraining of the nafs. <clears throat> the shahawat, the passions, desires, carnal desires, all different categories and levels. The shahwatul batan, the desire of the stomach. One is its need, but its need is full. But then he just wants to go on eating also. Now that sometimes takes a person towards haram, either in what he consumes or how he acquires it. Because he wants to have the freedom to eat as he pleases, so now he has to have that amount of excess also. So whatever it comes, how it comes, then there's the shahwat that Allah Ta'ala has made the halal avenue of nikah for him. So now there are certain levels of it which is part of insan's nature and they are the halal levels of it. So that is something which will even help him along in his deen if it is confined to that. Person got married and he has now settled his heart and mind in a halal manner. So now he concentrates in his ibadat better. He is able to keep himself chaste. And therefore Nabi Islam says that the person who has performed his nikah, he has completed half his iman. So now that became a help for him in his deen. That is helping him to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. But then he transgresses that bounds and he gets, he starts expressing it in haram. Now that becomes a major disaster there. So now part of that disaster is the shahwat of the eyes. I want to look at haram. And you want to try and now just 
got no restrictions, look where he wishes and look at what he wants to. But now this is where the nafs comes in. That he restrained, that, that desire came but he did not give vent to it. He did not allow that desire to take over him. So in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu says that Allah Ta'ala says that this poisonous arrow of shaitan, this haram glance, Mantarakaha makhafati. Now this is restraining the nafs. The one who restrains himself from this out of my fear. So what will be the reward of it? Abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi. In return I will give him such sweetness of iman which he will experience in his heart. It will be a physical experience. Like a person tastes something sweet and from head to toe he feels the sweetness sometimes. This is a reality, it's not just something figurative. Now, this was the reward already in dunya of what? Of restraining his nafs. That nafs, that level of waswasa that shaitan put in and the nafs now became inclined, he's not answerable for that because that is beyond his control. But now it is in his control to suppress that. And this is the tug of war, and this is the mujahada. And this is what's called taqwa. Somebody is dead, I tell him don't look. Somebody is blind also, I tell him don't look, what do you want to look? But somebody has the ability to look where he wishes. I tell him don't look at any haram. And now he abides by that. And he restrains himself from any haram. That is taqwa. So not that he's dead, he also has desires. He also has inclinations. And this is a reality that we must recognize. And we must realize. And therefore we have to be very very cautious and uphold the laws of deen in this regard. That Allah Ta'ala has made the hijab a part of deen. And the Quran Sharif describes it in a way that this is just the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala commanded the sahaba ikram The most pure people of this ummah. Nobody will come close to the sahaba also. And commanded them with regards to the purest woman on earth, the Azwaja Mutahharat, the mothers of the Ummad. وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ If you ask something of them for some need, whatever it might be, then ensure that it is from behind the curtain, behind that veil. Not directly. Who's being spoken to? The Sahaba Ikram. And with regards to whom? The Azwaja Mutahharat. Who can ever come one fraction close to their purity? Now this is the manner that the Quran Sharif is highlighting on the rest of the Ummah. That look, don't make excuses for yourself. Accept Allah Ta'ala's law. And if there's some deficiency in fulfilling it, then acknowledge my deficiency. And make the niyat, inshallah, I'll put this in order as well. So, now this he restrained himself, this restraining Allah Ta'ala loves so much, that why is he restraining himself from looking at that haram? Because my Rabb is watching. Allah is aware. Now this is the qurbani. The slaughtering of the animals, mashallah, is a very, very great ibadat. But that slaughtering is teaching us a lesson. That there are other things to slaughter as well. That slaughtering, that is now wajib on a person who has nisab, he must do it. And Allah rewards him tremendously for it. But now that is teaching a lesson that there are other things also to be slaughtered. That haram desire to look at 
things which Allah has forbidden, that has to be slaughtered. Now, in slaughtering that, it's each time that like he's slaughtering his heart. But as Hazrat Abdullah described, says when the sun is about to rise, then first the entire horizon becomes red. Now, when the entire horizon becomes red, this is an indication that the sun is about to rise. And then shortly thereafter, you see now, gradually the sun is now beginning to come out from the horizon and beginning to shine brightly. So likewise, when a person keeps slaughtering the haram desires for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, and so to say, reddens his heart with the blood of the haram desires, then this is an indication that the son of Ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala is rising in that heart now. And he will now taste the sweetness of Iman. Because he is now being blessed, that heart is being blessed with the Ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala. So now this is the Qurbani. That Qurbani is not confined. That is Qurbani which has to be done in his time for the person who has Nisab is wajib. But it's not that spirit of Qurbani continues. That spirit of Qurbani continues after that moment as well. It continues making Qurbani of the haram desires of the eye, of the ears from listening to haram, of the tongue, whatever he just wants to blurt out, how he wants to speak, what kind of languages and what kind of flowery languages and obscenities and vulgarities. Now that's the Qurbani of that. Now to put the knife on that and not allow the tongue to speak those things. To hold it back, to rein it in. And likewise all other things that are forbidden by Allah wa ta'ala and the nafs is inclined towards it, it's desiring it. But that's the point now that the person reins that nafs in. No, this is not permissible, I cannot do this. But that's not just something that happens at the press of a button. There's a major internal battle there's a tug of war, but that's taqwa now, that he is not allowing that battle to be just lost. He is making his utmost effort to defeat the nafs. A person who feels that I am free, yes we are free, but we are free to make the choice. Either the person is free to make the choice to fight the nafs and defeat it, or is free to make the choice to become a slave of the nafs and be shackled by it. When he's shackled by the nafs, it will drag him where it wishes. And a time Allah forbid comes and he's trying to stay away too, but that thing is dragging him. Because he fed it so much, now it's become a lion against him. And he's like a mouse in front of it. But now every time that that desire of that nafs came to tempt him towards some haram, and he defeated it, he did not give in. So it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And with the barakat of that qurbani, he gets stronger spiritually. His ruhaniyat grows. Then that nafs tries to still, from time to time, still derail him in some way, or tries to distract him in some way. But it's like a mouse now squeaking somewhere in front of a lion. So now he's able to, with the fuzzle and tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, able to easily just ignore that nafs and trample its haram desires and carry on forward. Now this is that spirit of Qurbani that is being taught in this, what is being mentioned in this ayat of the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى He is restraining this nafs from what it desires. The person now just desires now, there is some anger has welled in. And now there is the desire to, <coughs> to just really vent it. 
and especially if the person on the other end is somebody who we are not in any way odd or but we have the upper hand it might be the spouse it might be some employee it might be somebody else whoever it is and now the person has the upper hand but at that time he restrains his nafs so now he restrains it in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says man kadama ghaidan wa huwa qadirun ala infadhihi the person who restrains his nafs and he withholds he suppresses that anger because this now the nafs is involved in this so now he withholds it and he suppresses it where wa huwa qadirun ala infadhihi in a situation where he could have vented it he was well able to vent it it wasn't that the tables were the other way around that now if he vents his anger now the person is his superior it is boss it's somebody else who now can cause a problem for him so now he just feels uh, that he's helpless now so just keep quiet no no he's not feeling helpless he's feeling i can say what i want but for the pleasure of allah taala he suppressed it what will be the outcome now this is that nafs wana han nafsa anil hawa so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says mala allah qalbahu amnan wa imana allah taala will fill his heart with peace and with iman his heart will be filled with peace and iman now that peace is what we're looking for everywhere that peace is what we are trying to find here there and everywhere people are getting involved in more and more haram looking for the peace but it's like finding something cool in fire so now this came out of what out of that restraining of the nafs so now this nafs is much detail in this but just to round this up where is this going to come from where is this ability going to come from that was what was already told to us in the ayat up front allah taala gave us the prescription wa ammaman khafa maqama rabbi who will do this that person who is fearing standing in front of allah taala on the day of qiyamah if this is missing this can't happen if this first portion is missing then the second portion will not happen because there's no fear of accountability but when that fear of accountability is there on the day of qiyamah and now he acted upon it it had its correct impact on his heart because it was there in reality the outcome of this yes in dunya there was this mujahada but fa innal jannata hiyal ma'wa his abode is thereafter jannat the short life of dunya he made some mujahada he struggled but allah taala's grace and mercy is such that it's not that he gave up some haram pleasures so he's going to be in misery no the creator of pleasure is allah taala allah taala made many things out there as tests for us that these are impossible don't come near it is promising a lot of excitement but it is misery in reality don't come near but now the person who observes that it is sweet poison that sweetness is only momentary and after this momentary sweetness is misery so don't touch it but the person now who takes heed and makes that mujahada and stays away the creator of happiness will create that peace in his heart directly will create that enjoyment deep down in his heart you want to look for it elsewhere so fa innal jannata hiyal ma'wa now the first portion was that the one who has this khauf of allah taala now the question is now where this khauf of allah will come from 
how will this be developed? So now this very ayat that the person who has this consciousness, so now to develop that consciousness is to make tadabbur on this, to contemplate, to meditate on these ayat, meditate on the reality of Qiyamah. We can never imagine the reality, but meditate on what will happen on that day. Many of the things that are mentioned was in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith, what scenes will be playing out on the day of Qiyamah, and I am also standing there. And now there is this line of people now having to account for the various sins that they have, and the punishments is already being meted out, and my turn is coming up. So now give time to ponder over this. So to think about Akhirat, make muraqaba and meditate over death, because his life is very short, and the person who, if suddenly he had to know that my time is limited, my days are numbered, what will become his condition? He's not going to be worried about anything else. So now this reality has to be embedded in the heart. My life is very temporary. Allah knows this one. Suddenly I'm gone. I have to prepare for that. Imagine death. What's going to happen at the time of my death? What will happen immediately after death? That will create some hope. And then every sin has consequences. There's consequences in dunya. There's consequences in akhirat. And the consequences of dunya are nothing compared to the consequences of akhirat. This is got no comparison. So now to ponder over this. Now what will happen in the cover? What will happen on the day of Qiyamah? Allah forbid if this takes me to Jahannam, what will happen in Jahannam? And then contemplate on what's waiting in Jannah. Why do I want to go in this direction? Allah Ta'ala has kept such wonderful things for the mu'mineen in Jannah. مَثَلُ الْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي وَعِدَ الْمُتَّقُونَ فِيهَا The Jannah that Allah Ta'ala has promised for the muttaqeen, Allah Ta'ala gives the examples of it in the Qur'an Sharif that the rivers that will show in Jannah, rivers of pure water that never get contaminated, rivers of milk that will never go off, rivers of wine that has no intoxication in it, and rivers of pure honey, this is just the rivers of Jannah. What will be the palaces of Jannah? And that's the palaces of Jannah. What about those who will live in that palaces of Jannah? And then on top of everything in Jannah, the na'mad that will be above every na'mad, that they will be blessed with the blessing of seeing Allah Ta'ala. Nothing can come close to that na'mad. All the na'mads of Jannah put together. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make dua for this. Ya Allah bless us. Lazzatan nazari ila wajhik. Allah with that ecstasy of seeing you in Jannah. So in any case, this is the thing to do, to ponder, to meditate, to, to think deeply about this, think about Akhirat, think about the consequences of sin, then excessive zikr of Allah Taala. This is what illuminates the heart, excessive zikr of Allah Taala. Not just something happens sometimes and then days go by and nothing happens. In a consistent manner, Every day some dedicated time for the zikr of Allah Taala to remember Allah Taala in solitude, some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and then one very important part of the whole thing is du'a, 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 and more du'a. How much of time is spent in du'a in a dedicated manner? After salah, we raise our hands, we're waiting for the Imam Sab. It's taking too long today now. Whereas that's a time to make du'a. But apart from that, 
in our own solitude, in our own time, to dedicate time daily to make dua. Yusuf Ali Salatu Salam is a Nabi of Allah Taala. He is masoom. He is sinless. And now, in whatever the incident was, no time to go into any of those details. But he is making dua to Allah Taala that Ya Allah, you you protect me. And he is then turning to Allah Taala that. Uh, ya Allah, you, you turn this, all these thoughts and plans of theirs away from me. All these women are plotting and planning. Ya Allah, wasrif anni kaidahunna. Wa illa tasrif anni kaidahunna asbu ilayhinna. Wa akum minal jahideen. Ya Allah, I am begging and beseeching you. You turn all these evil schemes away. Otherwise, I'll become among the ignorant. Now he's masoom, he's sinless. He'll never become among them. But to the extent that somebody's marifat grows in his heart, he becomes equally fearful and is never heedless. And Yusuf Ali Salam, Masum, Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, and he's making dua, Ya Allah, you save me from the evil schemes of these people and save me from getting anywhere close to the haram. How much dua we should be making? So daily dua, that is essential for this path of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Begging Allah Ta'ala's help, Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif with tadabbur, contemplation and if not at least the tilawat itself, zikr of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, these are the things that illuminate the heart, brighten the heart, strengthen the heart spiritually, that becomes the means of warding of all these temptations and continuing closer to Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa'akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes and watch. موسیقی وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو یا ربی صلی وسلم دائمن ابدا علی حبیبک خیر الخلق کلہمی ربنا غلمنا انفسنا غلمنا انفسنا غلمنا انفسنا وَإِن لَمْ تَخْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنُ الْخَاسِرِينَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ الْحَلِيمُ الْكَرِيمُ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ نَسْأَلُكَ مُوجِبَاتِ رَحْمَتِكَ وَعَزَائِمَ مَغْفِرَتِكَ وَالْغَنِيمَةَ مِنْ كُلِّ بِرٍّ وَالسَّلَامَةَ مِنْ كُلِّ إِثْمٍ اللَّهُمَّ لَا تَدَعْ لَنَا ذَنْبًا إِلَّا غَفَرْتَهُ وَلَا هَمًّا إِلَّا فَرَّجْتَهُ ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله O most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all of me and my sins يا الله إله العالمين on this مبارك night يا الله in this مبارك time يا الله Ilahul Alameen, we're begging you in your house, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Shower your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, accept the hajj of all the hujjahs, Ya Allah. Accept each one's hajj, Ya Allah. Make it maqbool and maqroor, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bless each one with barakat and hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let each one's life turn for the better, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, let each one return home with that barakat and hidayat, Ya Allah. Make the rest of the hajj easy for them, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us the true spirit of hajj, Ya Allah. Grant us the spirit of qurbani, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, make the qurbani easy for each one, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, inspire our hearts with the spirit of the qurbani, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, enable us to make qurbani of all the haram desires, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, keep us steadfast of deen, Ya Allah. Keep us, keep grant us istiqamati, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, all those who are sick of them, shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Those in any kind of hardship and difficulty, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to each one, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in dunya, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in the qabr, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat on the day of qiyamat, Ya Allah. Allah would ask you to take us to Jannatul Firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the trials and tribulations of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those are sick of them, complete shifa and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Those with any difficulties and hardships, move it with akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who, Ya Allah, in any financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove those difficulties with akhirat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib rizq filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us, Ya Allah, all those special ni'mats and bounties, Ya Allah, that you show on the hearts of your special servants, Ya Allah, in these Mubarak days and nights, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are undeserving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, there's nothing we have done, Ya Allah, besides what, Ya Allah, and all the things you forbade us from, Ya Allah. We committed all the wrongs and the evils, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, despite that, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, looking at your karam, Ya Allah, looking at your grace and mercy, Ya Allah, we beseeching you, Ya Allah, all those special gifts and bounties, Ya Allah, that you bless on the hearts of your special servants, Ya Allah. 
Allah full of our hearts for that as well. Allah, 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 Allah bless us with your special qurb, Allah. Make us among your muqarrabeen, Allah. Make us among your chosen servants, Allah. Make us among the true abideen, Allah. Make us among the muhsineen, Allah. Make us among the mustaghfireen, Allah. Make us among the mujahideen, Allah. Among the tawabeen, Allah. Among the mutatahireen, Allah. Allah, 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 make us among those, Allah, who will have no fear and grief on the day of qiyamah, Allah. They will have no pain and difficulty in the qabr, Allah. Allah, keep us with afiyat in our deen, Allah. Afiyat in our dunya, Allah. Save us from all the trials and tests, Allah. Allah, we are not worthy and capable of trials and tests, Allah. Allah, with afiyat, Allah. Allah, keep us safe in dunya and akhirat, Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands with this dua. Allah, you fulfill each one's dire needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Bless the entire ummah with every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. But we should have been asking for, Ya Allah, without asking, grant it to us, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب